Welcome to Healthy Habits Happy Moms Radio, where we are all about helping you find balance in food, fitness, and family 365 days a year with your hosts, Jennifer Campbell, Lauren Kosky, and Annie Breeze. Hey everyone, Annie here. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. We have a really, really special guest today. We actually have Jennifer's sister, Janelle, on, who is an avid Healthy Habits Happy Moms community member, a Balance 365 coach for us, and just an all-around amazing woman. And we asked her to join us on the show today because her and Jennifer grew up in the same household. They're only two years apart. They share the same set of parents, but they have two very different body types, yet they share a lot of the same body image struggles and issues around food. And I think the contrast between their two experiences uh, growing up and well into adulthood is really, really eye-opening and so relatable. I'm actually an only child, but hearing these two sisters talk is just amazing and it warms my heart. And I'm so incredibly jealous of the amazing bond between the two of them. We also spend a lot of time talking about how to address this. If this is happening in your home between siblings or if it happened in your home growing up and how to kind of move past that Janelle and Jen both have some great advice and I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Janelle, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. For those of you that don't uh, maybe already know, Janelle is actually one of our Balance 365 coaches, which is our year-long coaching program for habit and uh, habit building and nutrition building. And she's amazing. She's just she's been through the program herself, and she is so compassionate and empathetic and such a good listener. Like I'm so happy to have you on the team. Oh well, I'm happy to do it. <laughs> oh. Wow. And Jen, how are you? <laughs> Jen, how are you? Good. How what are you, up- Annie? I'm good. What are you up to this weekend? Um, just doing stuff. It is winter wonderland here in Canada. So we're doing probably some tobogganing and pizza night and just usual family weekend. Is tobogganing like sledding? Is that Canadian sledding? Yes. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> or is it I the I would call sledding being on a on snowmobile. A, sled, a snowmobile and riding, you know, the thing. Oh, yeah, that's sledding. That's sledding. No, and well, in Iowa, sledding is like you get a sled and you go down a hill, and then you go snowmobile. No, that's, that's tobogganing. That's tobogganing, Annie. Oh. <laughs> don't forget, don't forget to wear your toque. What's a toque? <laughs> <laughs> that's a Canadian hat. A oh, right. A right. beanie, I think you guys call. I don't know. No, a beanie is a style of a hat here. Like it's oh, well, um, I don't it's what, what the it's what all the hipsters wear. <laughs> it's a yeah. Okay. So, anyways, let's let's get down to business here. We wanted to have Janelle and Jennifer on because if you don't know, Janelle and Jennifer are sisters, and they are close in age. How many years apart are you? Two, Two. years. Two years. Who's older? I am Jen, definitely. Okay. So Jen, Jen <laughs> the older and the wiser, even um, though people have been telling me I look older since we were 17, of course, we'll get aging at 17 years old. And <laughs> I just, kept, just kept going. We'll get, we'll get to that. Janelle, calm down. We'll get, we'll get to that. <laughs> Janelle, to rehash the past. <laughs> there might be some emotions brought up during this podcast. I just, I have a hunch. Um, but one of the topics, <laughs> they Sorry. both have the giggles now. No, I love it. This is going to be great. Um, one of the topics get, gets brought up in our community often is uh, siblings and the bodily differences between 
siblings, brothers, sisters, sisters and sisters who share the same parents, grew up in the same house, maybe they're close in age, but they have different bodies. And going throughout childhood and even into adulthood with different bodies is uh, can be challenging. It can bring up some issues that maybe uh, cause jealousy or competition or body image issues. And who better to talk about that than one of our founders, Jennifer, and her sister, our coach, Janelle. So um, yeah, right off the bat, I just I, I do want to kind of get the genetics information. I'm not like a scientist by any means, but obviously genetics plays a role in your bodies. And I don't want to just completely overlook that. But so often we hear siblings talk about, well, she got the good genetics or she got the good genes. Um, she got the skinny genes, uh, sort of kind of That's top. weird. I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> Janelle's heavy on the sarcasm. Just <laughs> Ready to um, I know. I know. Good thing you're not in the same room, huh? Um, I know. <laughs> no, they love each other very dearly. They're, you're, you're actually really close and really good friends, truthfully, aren't you? Yes. Yes. Best, yes. best friends. Yes. Best friends. Oh, I feel left out now. <laughs> I, and, and I guess I, I don't have any siblings, so this is kind of foreign to me. Um, and I know you're all shocked that I'm an only child since I'm so social and likable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because only children are typically yeah, right. not likable. Yeah. Oh, we're spoiled and we're bratty and we're selfish. And, you know, yes, I've heard that all. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, but um, yeah, so genetically you do share the same parents. The two of you share the same uh, mom and dad. You grew up in the same household. Um, and I know if you aren't familiar with how genetics works, um, you get a completely different set of genes from the same set of parents. And it has to do with the fact that each parent actually has two different sets of genes and that each parent passes only half of their genes to their child and the half that gets passed down is random. So mm -hmm. um, that's one part of the story here. And the other part of the story is that, um, you know, just because you lived in the same household and you come from the same family doesn't mean that you were exposed to the same environment. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but that uh, children, even in the same household and from the same parents, have different relationships with various family members, uh, teachers, aunts, uncles, cousins, parents, other siblings in the house. Um, you might have different eating habits, uh, different exercise habits, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But um, I want to start talking about your childhood because you grew up in a pretty body positive environment and household, correct? Yeah. Yes. So, um, go ahead, go ahead Annie. No, I was just going to ask you, I, 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 I know about your mom and how she was body positive, but I'd love for you to share a little bit about your experience growing up with her. Well, my memories of my mom that are just the best are, um, going to the beach with her and she by no means had some kind of supermodel body, but she wore this, not just any bikini, it was hot pink with black polka dots and I think um, she made it herself like I think she sewed <laughs> it herself yeah and she she probably did she liked to sew she made us bathing suits too I remember so anyways and um she had stretch marks you know on her stomach and so I remember seeing them and um I remember you know I remember her stomach was soft and round and and uh 
she even she had a beach cover up that she wore down to the beach that was um, mortifying for me as a teenager. It was like it was the bikini body on, on oh, a cover up. Do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like this sexy. like a white t shirt. And then yeah. the cartoon, a cartoon body, sexy cartoon body. body. Yeah, with like big <laughs> boobs and. Oh my god, I remember would, that now. She would wear it down to the beach. She would, would just make me want to die. And then she'd get there, take it off. She had this bright orange blanket she used to tan on with her hot pink bikini. And anyway, so I remember, you know, I remember being mortified as a teenager, but as an adult and a mom myself, I look back on that and I just get the warm and fuzzies that she was like that. That's really sweet. Janelle, is that, that the same memory you share of your mom? Yeah. Well, I just don't, I don't remember being more to, maybe when we were older and she got the bikini um, cartoon cover up, but I can remember like earlier, just, I don't know, we just, she just was in her bathing suit, orange blanket, like just kind of thinking nothing of it, but I remember it. Right. She also, um, in our home, you know, dieting was not a thing like our mom didn't talk about it like I didn't talk about it and our mom didn't do it and I was not introduced to dieting in my home I was introduced to dieting um and thinness and body ideals from our culture outside of my home so my mom was not about that stuff at all it's again it's not something I ever had to think about I know Janelle had different experience which we can talk about but it's definitely not something I thought about until um, a lot later than a lot of other girls have to. Um, and one of that, those reasons is because I'm thin, but and wasn't getting comments made to me like other young girls might. But also, so I was probably 14 or 15 before I ever thought about, like I, I remember the time when I started thinking about body size being important. And I was about 14 or 15. And I guess, you know, you can only hear us on the podcast, but you know, you, the two of you have different body types. You're, you're built differently despite being sisters. When did you realize that you had different body types or body shapes? When did we realize, when did we realize we looked different? Or when did we realize we have different body types? Either or. Because those are two very different things. Yes. Which would you prefer? What do you, answer both. I was very young when I realized I didn't look like my sister. And I had, I never thought about it. So again, coming from as a thin sister, I, it was never, it was never something I thought about. Nobody ever compared me to my sister, like, which was the experience Janelle is happening, having also, um, we look a lot alike, like our, I mean, people say our faces, our eyes and different features, but um, back to the genetics part, now that I'm I'm a grown woman, I can see that my body type is very similar to the women on my dad's side of the family. So tall, I'm five, nine, um, just tall and thin. The women in my dad's family are all, um, they're tall and thin too. So, and and I am literally my mom's entire side of the family. (laughs) We're all the exact same height like we look we're all identical and I yeah yeah. and I'm actually the only cousin that looks like them the rest of them we're all tall and thin like they're like dad's families or whatever so I'm yeah (laughs) and I think that's sweet when I think about it you know if we could if we 
you know, I know it was really hard for Janelle growing up, but I think, you know, now, you know, just this whole conversation is very endearing to me to say, you know, I can see my, you know, I see myself now. I see in the older generations, you know, I see, I see that. And then I see it in Janelle that she looks like the women on my mom's side of the family. And there's something and really grounding about recognizing yourself. Yeah. Seeing your family. I, there's something really at home about that, I guess, a sense of belonging in a way. Okay, so back to you, Janelle. I am curious to know if there was any kind of landmark memory that you remember having noticed the differences in your bodies. Did someone say something? Was that just something you kind of started noticing? What what happened? I don't remember any one um, moment. I just remember, and being really young, um, I just remember Jen getting a lot of praise um, for her specifically her body when we were, you know, we'd show up at Christmas and relatives would be like, Oh, you're so skinny. Look at you, Jennifer, you know, that kind of talk and really, really praising her for her body. And, um, not that I was getting put down, but I was just static silence, I guess, on the, on my end. So I was noticing the attention she was getting and the lack of attention I was getting for the same. I have a memory of, um, I was probably 14 or 13 and a family member, a female family member asked me, um, she asked me in a serious way, like not teasing. She said, what do you do to stay so skinny? As if I was working at it. And I was like, you know, I, I just remember being like, I don't know, but I look back on that memory and I'm like, wow, that is um, really crazy and obviously a major red flag of what was going on in that particular woman's head and life to be asking someone who hadn't even gone through puberty yet how they can stay so skinny. So, um, but that's, you know, so I have memories as well. Um, I don't have as strong of memories as Janelle. Janelle had brought this up to me before the podcast about, you know, people going on and on about my body. And I do remember some of that. I definitely remember that this conversation I just told you about. But I, and I do remember that a lot of people commented on my body and my eating habits. And so for me, that's what brought those things into center for me that, hey, I'm doing something right here. Or um, this makes me a good girl. Because you weren't fussy. Like I was a fussy eater. Yeah. You would eat everything at the table. I would eat everything and um, add that to a genetic predisposition of being tall and thin and people thought I had some kind of formula, magic formula. Yeah. Look like, the way I look. Look at Jen eating salad <laughs> at Christmas. Like and I'd be like, I got my bun, I got my mashed potato. <laughs> so right. Jen, but then but that all stuff um, you know you go ahead Annie. Well, I was just going to ask Janelle, when you heard people compliment or comment on Jen's body about her size, her thinness, how did that make you, and, and then not say anything about your body, how did that make you feel? Did that, was that bothersome to you? 
Oh, yeah. And I mean, Jen's memory, she's saying when she was 14, I'm saying I remember these things from being five years old, six years old, seven years old, like, just, just knowing, like, just, I get, I mean, I guess now that I'm older, I can articulate, like, just knowing that I wasn't as worthy of that attention Mm -hmm. as she was. The other thing that I'll say is that um, Janelle, you know, we don't, we don't really know the answers to all of these questions. I do know that, I do know I liked vegetables and things. I also have a memory of going out for lunch with my mom and her friend. And, you know, you order a burger and then the waitress asks, would you like fries, salad, soup? And my mom and her friend asked for fries and I asked for a salad and I was quite young. And, um, and they both just turned and looked at me, looked at each other, burst out laughing, made a big deal out of it. Her friend said, no wonder you're so skinny. And then, you know, then joking to my mom, we should just be eating what she eats. And like, it was this thing. And, you know, that memory sticks out to me too. And so, but I guess what I don't know now, and I wonder, you know, at some point, maybe you're seven years old and you take some vegetables and put it on your plate and somebody makes a big deal out of it. So the next Christmas, I take even more vegetables and I'm looking around to see who's going to validate my choice of food and the adults in the room make an even bigger deal out of it. So the next Christmas, half my plate is a salad and you know what I mean? So I don't, you know, and it snowballs and pretty soon, pretty soon I'm a little girl who is, understands that she gets attention and praise from adults over her body size and what she eats. So then I start making that a way that I can get attention and praise from adults in my life. Do you think some of these thoughts that you had about each of your bodies, either Janelle or Jennifer, started because other people were making comments? Or did you start noticing these just within yourself? Or what What do you think was the... Uh, how do you think these, how do you think these came about? Maybe a combination of both? I, I, I got, I really think it was our environment and the things being said to us. We like to this day, um, I can say that like, I have never felt like Jennifer has never made me feel unworthy. Like I've never had that feeling come from her ever. Um, so had we just been allowed to, you know, go through life without, like, we were fine and we're still fine. Um, we were, we were oblivious. We would have been oblivious, like, um, until the world started treating us differently. Interesting. And pointing out our differences. Sure. Because do you remember having, um, any thoughts about when, because Jen, you have a history of modeling as well, um, which I'm sure kind of reinforced your yeah, so praise for your body type, right? Uh, did that, did that cause would, any issues? Any well, issues? I, I'm sure there was, I'm sure Janelle noticed the attention, but I think I was 12 years old the first time I was approached by a model agent. And then it happened again at 14 and, and, um, another time in there. Like there was three times in my sort of early teen years that I was walked up to, you know, in public by a model agent, given a card, said I should model. 
And back to my mom, my mom was horrified by those things. Like, and you know, but it really only made me want to do it more, of course. But my mom was, um, she, we went to one meeting with one agent, um, and it was this big, you know, I was very impressed by it. But now in hindsight, as an adult, I have a very different perspective about what was happening. But it was sort of like all these young teenage girls crowded into this room, shown this big video about how famous they could be um, from, you know, the agencies, the agency's more famous models. And, you know, um, and and like we walked out of there and my mom, you know, my mom knew what was up and she was like, we are not going back there. I'm sorry, but I'm your mother. And I. And making this decision, but we are not going back there. And I was devastated. Like, you know, I had basically just been put under a spell. And, um, and, um, so what ended up happening is that I pursued modeling on my own once I was old enough to do so, um, on my own, which was after I graduated high school. Yeah. And I'm sure Janelle, so of course, Janelle, you can, you know, speak for yourself, but of course you. Yeah. Janelle, what was your, what was your, um, what were you thinking when you have, uh, an older sister who is being approached by modeling agents to come and, and audition? I, for them? Um, it just goes back to that worthiness. Nobody wanted me. I was bigger and shorter and nobody wanted me. I was in the waiting room when she went in for that meeting and I, I remember sitting there and just really feeling it. Oh, just really feeling. Yeah. I haven't thought about that in a long time. Oh, I'm sorry. I want to give you a hug. <laughs> sorry. No. I wasn't expecting this. No, I, it's, <laughs> I knew it's authentic. I knew this podcast would get emotional. Yeah. I knew it would. This is a lot of, yeah. Yeah, this is like decades of emotions that we're talking about. Like, and and the two of you aren't alone. In fact, when I was um, I was just in Phoenix last week, and I met up with one of our Bounce Three Sixty Five members, uh, Clarita, who is just I love her. Um, and this topic got put up. We were talking about how the two of you have kind of very different um, experiences growing up, despite being in the same household and same parents. And she said the same thing almost as Janelle was saying, her sister is a model. And I asked her about it, um, if she had anything that she wanted to contribute to the podcast. And she wrote to me and she, she gave me permission to share this, but she said, my sister is a model and she always got a lot of attention growing up amongst other things. This really knocked my self-confidence as I always felt like Katya's sister was more, was, excuse me, Katya's sister rather than beautiful in my own right. It took a lot of work, but I'm in a place now where I feel proud of her and what her body can do without taking anything away from my own amazing body that had three babies in three years. And I just, you know, I think that's kind of like you were saying, Janelle, like it's really hard to look at your sister. I mean, I would imagine, as I said, I don't have brothers or sisters. I would imagine it's hard to look at your sister and not compare it to yourself. Like that's hers. This is mine. Oh, yeah. They aren't intertwined, but they I, feel so intertwined. I don't think that I fully separated us as complete, you know, um, individual body types, honestly, late twenties, honestly, like, um, yeah, I can remember, just, I don't know, just thinking like, if I just, if I could 
just be thin like her. Like I'll be um, as worthy as her. Like it's, um, yeah, yeah, no, those ideas of wanting to lose weight or wanting to be thin were easily from the age of eight, nine, or 10. And, you know, constantly throughout the, the rest of my life. And I guess I, what I want our listeners to understand, because the majority of our listeners are moms, um, is that just to bring it back to this idea didn't come from our mom. And um, what, you know, we are so passionate about in Healthy Habits, Happy Moms is trying to help um, our community do better for their kids. And so you have to understand that um, little girls are getting this message from everywhere, not just home. And, and this is why um, it's the first step is definitely making changes in your home. I mean, I can't imagine if our mom had been a dieter and, you know, a woman that was obsessed with thinness. Like, I can't even imagine where Janelle and I would both be at this moment because that really was our saving grace in the end. I mean, I mean, when I was recovering... Um, there might my... be a lot more hostility. No, any. <laughs> Not a lot more. Yeah, there, might there might be hostility period between us and there isn't right. any and, and um, so we might there might have actually been a, a competition type, right which we don't which have we don't have and and I guess I, I always when I was recovering from my um disordered eating um you know which I worked on with a counselor um it was the vision of my mom was like a compass in my life, like during that recovery. So she was like the lighthouse in the dark. It was like, um, oh, I don't want to cry, but <laughs> I was just thinking about my mom and how, you know, I didn't think she was brave at the time, but I mean, she was brave. She, she did, you know, she was a soft, you know, I would even say, um, she was probably average size. Like, you know, our mom was probably a 14 Janelle, would you say like, size yeah. 14 ish and that probably range from a yeah, 10 like to she 14 wasn't a, yeah like she wasn't a size two and you know I would think of her in this bikini on the beach and her stretch marks and just enjoying her holiday and I would just think at the time my mom didn't um I don't know if she thought anything of it but to me that vision now for me recovering was just like I just focused on it and thought I want to be like her. Like, I want to be that mom. And that... She built sandcastles sure. with us. And, like, yeah. Like, just... I don't, yeah, just those memories on the beach. It was never about her body. or She just... She was never hiding. Never. Yeah, it was... We had experiences with her. Yeah. I really can't imagine what women go through that don't, that didn't have that. I, it must be 100 times harder to, um, to sort of, um, resolve their body image issues and dieting behaviors. But, um, we had that and we're so lucky. And, um, definitely what Janelle had said earlier is that, um, we were introduced to this idea of hating our bodies and dieting from our um, outside of our home. And um, so this shift, I'm so passionate about this because this shift needs to happen um, everywhere. You know, 
our society period needs to change how they think because it's not fair that um, it's not fair that Janelle was introduced to this idea at eight years old. I yeah, I was um, from the age of eight. I um, the odds were stacked against me to end up, you know, struggling with my weight. Like it was statistically, I'm I'm exactly where where I was always going to be as those ideas were put into my head. I think we, and when we talk about, you know, go ahead, Annie. Well, I was just, I I think this is just a really good reminder. We hear, we hear from a lot of women in our community that are really working hard to address the language and the descriptions um, and how they talk about their bodies in their own homes. And then they hesitate to address it outside their homes. And I understand why, because, you know, it, maybe it feels confrontational. It's uncomfortable. Um, you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings by addressing what they're saying, maybe to your children or to other adults in the room or even about their own bodies. And especially with the holidays coming up, this is, you know, we're spending more time with friends and family. Um, and in fact, I just, I just heard a, a friend talk about how she, she herself has really hard, uh, worked hard to adjust how she talks about her body and uh, reduce the amount of time she spends talking about other people's bodies, but her mother still does it. And she really was hesitant to have this. Yeah, she was really hesitant to have this conversation with her mother. And I totally understand why. But I think hearing you two talk about the messages that you received outside your home and how impactful they were growing up is a great reminder that it's important to have those conversations. And although they might be uncomfortable and feel a little bit uh, yucky at the time that they're really for the benefit of our children and they are important to, to find a way that you can maybe ignite some of that change in your communities, in your families. We, I have a, there's a blog post on Healthy Habits, Happy Moms that I wrote um, last December before Christmas, and it's called The Habit That's As Toxic to Children as Smoking, and maybe we could put it in the show notes, and um, we addressed this whole um, issue, and um, we I compared it to secondhand smoke in that I said the outcomes of smoking and secondhand smoke are well studied, and most women, moms, would and parents, period, would not hesitate to step up and say, hey, could you take that outside so it's not, a, the smoke isn't around my children. Um, but what we are still hesitating to do is to step up and say, hey, can you stop body shaming, um, talking about dieting or your weight um, in front of my children. But here's the thing. It's also well studied. We know that um, that type of, you know, adults, you know, having those conversations and role modeling that type of behavior, um, the effects on children are awful. And they and it's also well studied. It's not just mine and Janelle's personal experience here. And so, you know, I think when you compare it, if you can try and compare it um, to you know, something like smoking, um, you know, you would go, yeah, you're right. I, you know, this is just another area I have to step up and advocate for my child because they can't advocate for themselves. And, um, this stuff is seriously hurtful to a, a, a child's development. Have either one of you seen This Is Us? I know, Jen, you're kind of getting caught up. You're a little bit behind. Yeah, I'm now. One now. No, I haven't <laughs> seen it. So uh, the reason I ask is because Kate uh, and her brother, what's her brother's name? 
I can't remember, um, but they're twins and one or one of her brothers. And then there's the adopted brother, Randall, but Kate and her brother are twins. And Kate has had a kind of from day one, they've had, a, a, they have featured how Kate has struggled with her weight and her brother on the other hand has not. And he closer meets society's expectations of what's attractive and Kate does not. And I think that's been really interesting because even throughout the storyline, they flash back to Kate's childhood and comments that she, they've received from her mother or other people about what Kate's on, what's on Kate's plate, um, what Kate is doing for activity, what Kate is doing for, um, I think even a couple episodes she goes to, like, I think she calls it a fat camp. Um, a camp that's mm -hmm. designed to help with weight loss. And I think that that's just really interesting because here you've got twins um, and they look very different and the ways in which they were brought up were very different, you know, just to reflect the experience that the two of you have had, um, you know, close in age, same household, very different experiences. Jen, do you recall any of that on This Is Us? Yeah, I mean, um, I did a whole rant about it on Instagram after I started watching it because, and I think This Is Us covered it really well. I mean, I'm only on the first season, so I don't know where they're going to take it. But as far as what I saw in season one, they covered the emotion of it really well. And the things that um, Kate has to go through in terms of dieting and, you know, I mean, it's just, it was just amazing. And um, I hope that they take that story to, into the right place. I mean, well, that I would like to see it go. I mean, I don't know, maybe, you know, who knows where they'll take it, but um, yeah, they covered it really well, and it was heartbreaking. I cried. I cried. And Janelle, when you watch it, you will need a box of tissues. It was very real. So maybe I'm kind of avoiding it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it, there's, a, there's a lot. They cover a lot of heavy topics. Kate's weight aside, there's just a lot of, I mean, there's marriage, there's life stuff, there's parenting, there's love and relationships. There's just a lot of good yeah. topics covered. The other thing is Kate doesn't have a sister, but Kate, you see in season one that um, she compares herself to her mom because her mom is, you know, very thin, beautiful. She's a singer. And um, yeah. And, but I mean, and it also shows how um, Kate was put on a diet really young. There's an episode where her brothers are like eating cereal and she's eating something different. And the dad comes down and is like, what is this? Give her some cereal. And the mom is like, well, the doctor said, you know, and it wasn't even a focal point of the scene. It happened very subtly. And I picked up on it, of course. And, and I, I mean, my heart's just breaking. I thought it was such a smart scene from the writers. And, um, but yeah, so I guess, you know, again, going back to how Janelle and I grew up in such a body positive home and, and to say um, not everyone is, and it's even some people's doctors are steering them in the wrong direction in terms of how to, um, you know, help families with their approach to nutrition. And so you look at Kate, and I mean, we've discussed this in many podcasts now, but Kate, you know, Kate was put on her first diet by her mom, and that probably triggered... Um, a lifelong battle with food for Kate. And that is the case with 
many children, whether they are put on a diet by their parents, which comes with a lot of emotional baggage, I think, in terms of, um, you know, wanting to please your parents. But um, Janelle put herself on a diet at age 10. I think that's when your first diet was, wasn't it, Janelle? That I was 10 when I remember kind of actively pursuing weight loss. Yeah, by not eating my lunch. Like... Right. So you started starving yourself at age 10, trying to be smaller. Yeah. I think uh, that's, it's really interesting that there's some comparison there between Kate and her brother as well, because they're not the same sex. You know, you kind of, you kind of expect that almost a little bit between same sex siblings, but you know, it's her, it's a brother sister relationship or dynamic. And I, I even catch myself again, I don't have siblings, but with my son and daughter, I have to filter what I'm going to say to my daughter about food. It's just almost um, instinctual. Whereas my son gets a lot of, you know, he's a growing boy. He'll burn it off. It's okay if he, you know, Mm -hmm. he's supposed to get big. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, even as someone who's really passionate about those topics and quite aware, I still find myself censoring, you know, like, oh, that's not the message I want to send. I need to rephrase that or I need to reframe it. Um, or, you know, catching my husband or uh, mother-in-law or something, you know, making a comment on his food versus her food, even though they really could eat the same thing and be just fine. They're both growing kids. I guess how a boy is brought up in the world is very different to how a girl is brought up in the world. And the reason, um, I mean, I do think that's changing. I think there is a lot of body shaming being targeted to men now. Um, and you, you can kind of see that coming up in the body positive world. You can see more, um, you know, articles and things coming out addressing men and their emotions around it and the standards they face. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you take a, um, a little girl and a little boy and you compare their experiences in the world, as far as, um, their bodies go, Um, Well, we are very, we are very focused on female bodies in our society. So um, yeah, it is. It's very important, I think, for um, parents to stay aware of the messages um, their children, specifically their girls, are getting around food and body size. And I would recommend the documentary Misrepresentation to any parent to start um, kind of understanding how different that experience is. I second that. That's a good one. Um, so what would you say, I think you kind of already addressed it, but, um, to listeners that might have a sibling that feels some sort of competition or sense of jealousy because of their body, do you have any advice for those women that might be feeling jealous or like they're competing for attention or, um, competing for success, competing for, you know, a better body, quote unquote, than their sibling? Do you have any suggestions on how to kind of move past those feelings? I truly feel that um, we need to move into a neutral space about bodies. Like, it's just a body. Um, it's a vehicle. And, and our bodies do incredible things for us. And we should be grateful and thankful and um, for them. But they're also just a body and how they look really means nothing and Janelle and I um, we can have all the same experiences in life I'm taller so of course I can reach up to higher cupboards but that's really you know uh, that's it and so um, 
you know, if if only if only we lived in a body neutral world where um, that didn't have to become the focal point of people's lives is their size. My TSN turning point, I guess, was um, seeing myself as an individual person, not, you know, separate from my sister and my family and um, recognizing my strengths figuratively and literally. Um, (laughs) I, yeah, just playing up my strengths was really healing for me. I'm not a lean, um, naturally lean model type of body. Turns out, which had someone told me this when I was 12 years old, I might be a different person or I might have had a different experience. Um, I'm actually, I have a really strong body type and I can build muscle really easy. And that has been hugely empowering for me to love my body. Like, um, yeah, I, I, that's where I think women should be um, putting their energy into what they can do. Um, Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really good advice because anytime, regardless of who you're comparing your body to, I mean, obviously that's a competition that no one's ever going to win because there's always going to be someone bigger, faster, stronger, leaner, smaller, whatever you're comparing, Mm -hmm. um, sibling or not. But one of the things I always encourage women to do is it let's just play devil's advocate a little bit. If you're going to spend time comparing your traits that you don't like about yourself to someone Mm -hmm. you do like, it's only fair to spend as much time, if not more, ideally more, um, on the traits that you do love about yourself. And, um, I think that's a really great place to start that, you know, yeah, sure. I could probably sit here and come up with a lot of attributes that Jen has that are, I favor more than myself. But, um, if I did that, I think it's only fair to say, I'm going to also focus on attributes that I love. Um, right. I think that, you know, I guess I think, you know, I kind of come back to, I guess body neutrality, I guess, because I go like, no, you're right, Annie, no one's, you know, no one's ever going to win that. Um, and our bodies change and things happen. And if we put too much of our self-worth into the hands of anything, whether it's how we look or our performance, you know, things can change. And that's kind of when you become vulnerable, you know, you know, self I guess for me, self-worth and body neutrality were learning that I'm okay just the way I am, whether I'm performing well or not, whether I'm thin or I'm not thin. Um, it, you know, those things just don't matter. They don't change who I am, that I'm, you know, I think I'm a good person. I'm a great mom. I've, I've been a very supportive wife. I, I'm a good friend. I think I'm a good sister. <laughs> and so it's like, that doesn't, you know, <laughs> how my body changes, looks, performs, um, if I've injured ever and can't perform, you know, my self-worth isn't tied to that. It's, it just, you know, that's all that stuff is separate to like how, who I am, how I feel about myself and that I feel that I'm deserving to take up space in this world, regardless of, you know, all those other things. I can just be who I am and that's okay. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So Janelle, do you have any additional words of wisdom for how you kind of made peace with your body and 
thoughts about how your body compared or didn't compare to Jen's? Um, I guess for me, it was really exploring my individuality. I like my body type, where I came from. I see my body in the women in my family. I see Jen's body in the other side of our family. And just knowing that this is just me, like, I'm just, this is who I am. These like, and there's great things about this body. It's not, you know, it's not the, oh, I, I didn't luck out in the gene pool. Like, this is who I am. There's great things about my body. It's different from Jen's. Oh, well. And I'm going to use this body to be empowered and, you know, pursue things that, um, that I'm good at. I'm, I'm strong. I'm good at strength training. I'm not necessarily like a distance runner. I don't have the body type for that. I don't enjoy it. So, um, yeah, just really building on, um, what I have because I'm, um, this is the, the only body I have for the rest of my life. We're in it together, me and my bod. So yeah. <laughs> and, gonna... and, and you're owning it. You are, you are yeah. owning that. Like this is, this is, it is what it is and it's mine and let's do it, which yeah. I love. For sure. I feel like that might be easier for someone um, who is thin to come to a place of body neutrality. Um, but as someone who is bigger, when I was learning to accept myself, I really needed to, you know, boost myself up, be my own cheerleader, like um, totally make myself feel like a badass to get to that place where I like appreciated my body. So you needed, you needed to appreciate, uh, you needed to focus on what you loved and appreciated a little bit more. So is that what I Yeah. Hearing? Like it wasn't, it, I wasn't neutral. I was like, hell yeah, I'm a badass. I'm strong. I'm yeah. That was yeah. for me really important. Yeah. That's a great point. Thank you for sharing. Jen, do you have anything to add? I just, you know, I loved, I like loved hearing Janelle talk about this. It was, you know, amazing. Um, I think that, um, yeah, I think back to our, you know, who's listening and um, what they can take out of this um, and how they can start improving, you know, things in their homes and maybe communities if they're feeling brave enough. It's just that um, I guess I want everybody to know that um, Janelle and I grew up on the opposite end of the spectrum, as in um, I was always praised um, for being thin and eating vegetables and Janelle was either ignored or or felt negative comments about having a larger body and um, liking buns and mashed potatoes. <laughs> so, so, but what I want to say is that um, we both ended up with mega food issues. So, um, and, um, you know, mine that took me into therapy because um, as I've shared in, you know, blog posts and on social media is that, uh, my first year of university um, was basically when, you know, was at the height of my modeling career, which didn't go anywhere. But I was, I had a BMI of um, 17, which is like, fair, you know, I know that BMI is not the most accurate determinant of health, but I'm using that to, you know, sort of show that I was, I was extremely thin and I had some very, very bad behaviors going on. Um, I mean, I was starving myself sometimes for days and I was calling it, I was calling it fasting. 
and I would pull up articles on the internet that talked about the benefits of fasting. And so that I would use that to tell myself that I was doing something healthy and people, and I would use that to show other people around me that what I was doing was healthy and they would, and nobody was questioning me on it. And, you know, because again, I, I'm on this other end of the spectrum where I'm really, really thin and all I ever, and the thinner I got, because, you know, I am thin, but I'm not, I was never model thin. Like I was never, I mean, I was model thin because I was modeling, but at an international level, like at that time in the, in the early 2000s, I think things are changing in the, in the fashion industry. But at that time, I mean, you needed to be a size zero, like you need to have a 24, 24 inch waist. And when I, I eventually was offered three international contracts, but all three of those contracts, um, required that I lose a little bit more weight before I could um, go join their agencies. We not that long ago, Jen got me to measure my ten-year-old daughter because um, she just had re- remembered what those measurements were that she was told she had to be, and they were what my ten-year-old daughter, right, and roughly what her measurements were, and that was just like Jen and I were both just like holy, like right, what they were asking her to do was Extreme. that's insanity. That's extreme. It's insane. So, and I remember when I was four, when I was 14 and I was, you know, I told that story about my mom taking me to the model agency and getting that big presentation. And then we all had one-on-one time with the agent and he was like this middle-aged man. Um, and he measured me, took my photos and you know, my mom must've just been dying inside, but he measured my bust, waist and hips. And I had, I was 14 years old. I had not hit puberty yet. I had no boobs. I had no hips. I had no waist, but I was a 34, 24, 34. And he sat down and said, she has the perfect body. Um, we would get her modeling right now, except I had braces. So he's like, when she gets these braces off, um, we will get her modeling. And, um, you know, I was so excited. My mom was, you know, again, my mom was horrified, but I look back on that and think, Wow, I had the perfect body at 14 before I hit puberty. No wonder when I did hit puberty, which was probably like 15, 16 is when my body really started developing. I was a late bloomer, you could say. And I mean, it was still changing up until, you know, 17, 18. And, um, And I was horrified at the changes because I had been told at 14 by a model agent that I had the perfect body. So, um, so even from, you know, I think my first diet was at um, 17 or 18. I was in my last year of high school, but I did my first diet then, and it was a two-day fast, basically, like a juice cleanse to lose 10 pounds in two days. So um, I, and that, and that is what triggered my then over a decade of dieting and trying to be, you know, way too thin for my body. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I was thin, um, yet I was still getting the message out there that I should constantly be working on my body, um, that I should constantly con- constantly be concerned about how my body looked. Um, I became very fat phobic, which was um, what you know everyone in our society becomes. And you know we talk a lot about how fat phobia hurts fat women, but you know fat phobia hurts everybody we have um, fat women that walk around in the world feeling um, unlovable and unworthy and um, there's 
you know, discrimination against them in workplaces and healthcare. But we also have thin people who walk around with fear that they're going to become fat because the diet industry has convinced us that unless we're actively working on being thin, um, we are all going to get fat which is the worst thing in the world, quote unquote. And so, and that was me, that was typical me. And, you know, so I just, you know, Janelle and I both have had some serious issues with our bodies, our weight, dieting. Um, Janelle, I remember at the height of my, (laughs) again, the height of my modeling career that never took off, Janelle had just, um, she was, had her first baby. And um, so here I was, in a size zero and the thinnest you had ever been thinnest I'd ever been. And you were, you know, coming to me for diet advice. And I was not only was I at my heaviest, I was also, I also had a postpartum body, which is a whole other ball game. Right. Yeah. And so, and I just remember, I'm sure that was really hard for you. And I remember you asking me for diet advice. And one thing that in one of my biggest regrets, when I look back at um, my eating disorder and all, you know, those days, like, a lot of people ask me for diet advice, like a lot. Like, you you know, people always want to go ask their thin friend, you know, like my aunt asking me at 14 what I do. It's so messed up. Um, and I remember um, giving diet advice and feeling like, oh, hey, I must be an expert. I must be doing something right. But and I did think I was doing something right because people kept telling me I was doing something right and how beautiful I was and how healthy, quote unquote, I must be. And and but. I was starving myself. That's what I was doing. And if people want to go, and back, you were so uptight and unhappy. And, oh yeah, I was so um, high So I would chug. I remember, like, if I had to go to a family dinner meal where I couldn't get away with, I was so stressed. And I would, and like, I was stressed, right? And I would chug like I would chug like two liters of water before a meal because I was like how can I fill up my stomach? Like I was just kind of like, I needed to feel full, like almost sick before I could sit down at a meal so that I wouldn't go crazy. And it, you know, it's stuff like that. That's like, honestly, the diet industry in decades past has promoted doing stuff like that. Like, you know, cause it's all, it's always been about white knuckling through hunger and trying to get women to eat as little as possible. And you know, I remember seeing um, Alison Sweeney's, yeah, Alison Sweeney's diet in People magazine, and it showed what she eats in a day, and the total was 1,200 calories, and it's like, and I mean, this was just a few years ago. I still have a, I still have it saved. I remember just, you know, and this was just a few years ago when I had, I was recovered from an eating disorder, and I remember reading that and just being horrified and feeling like, this is why women are so f***ed up. You know, it's just, it's just, you know, we see a lot of, we, I think there's a lot of parents today who think, well, maybe they can save their kids by making sure their kids stay thin. And I see a lot of women out there who are obsessed with their, you know, kids eating perfectly, perfect nutrition all the time and telling, you know, again, doing what people did to me, you're such a good kid for um, in your vegetables. Yeah. And, and I mean, and then look at me like it, it, le- it led me to an obsession with, um, you know, healthy eating and feeling like I was a good girl if I had a salad and I was a very bad girl if I ate a Snickers bar or if I wanted to have dessert or whatever. And, and it's funny, there's, um, there's actually this committee report from the House of Commons in Canada and it was, it's from 2014 and, And um, basically, it was the government government of Canada commissioned this report to um, 
find out kind of factors contributing to the development of eating disorders in Canada. And there's just such a good line in here um, from one of the experts they consulted. And um, it is, it says, there are a lot of very compliant, self-conscious, perfectionist, anxious little girls who are trying to be very, very good and avoiding all the bad foods. Many of them get to the point where they're hospitalized for medical instability because they're only eating vegetables, because they've heard so many messages about the bad foods, the fats, the sodium, the sugar. We somehow need to create an atmosphere that's more about moderation and balance that applies to everybody. We also need to figure out how to treat obesity without causing eating disorders because of all the patients who are getting the message about the need to diet and watch your eating and all of that. They're creating a whole bunch of young patients who are coming into our hospital terrified of eating, terrified of gaining weight. And that was me. That describes me in a nutshell. That's really sad. Yeah, extremely sad. So, so I mean, when I talk about body neutrality, food neutrality, um, you know, in Balance 365, where, you know, that's our program where we help women, um, it, you know, there's intuitive eating laced throughout Balance 365. And, um, you know, if, you know, families are just far too focused on food like and I mean our whole society is extremely focused on food right now and and I mean when in balance 365 when we take women through this process of deprogramming them like diet deprogramming um, body acceptance um, and then we get into nutrition habits um, the reason we go in that order is because um, most women who come to us are just so messed up about food Balance and moderation are a foreign concept to them and they live in this space where they're constantly white-knuckling cravings and they're constantly feeling like this passage that I just read to you that they're good or they're bad and and there's also so much fear there and a lot of the, you know, we hear criticism against sort of the body positive world in that they're like, well, that means you just won't care about your nutrition and nobody's going to be healthy anymore and it's just an excuse to eat cake at every meal. Well, that is not the experience we're having at all in Balance 365. Sometimes there's a pendulum swing and there always is. I mean, people can go back and listen to our Minnesota Starvation Experiment podcast and hear all about what to expect when you quit dieting. It's well studied. When I quit dieting, did I put on weight? Yes. Was that unhealthy? Not at all. Fix, you know, whether I was eating ice cream or salads or whatever, I needed to get to a space where I, need to, I needed to be mentally healthy before I could think about my physical health. And for me, eating ice cream at every meal for a couple months was the healthy choice for me because I was trying to become mentally healthy. I was trying to heal my relationship with food. I was trying to not um, be afraid of food anymore. So, um and but that doesn't last. I mean, people get through that and they once you heal your relationship with food, you can come and look at your diet in an objective way and decide how you want to eat, what feels good for you. And what we find is people do eat, you know, they do eat quite healthy coming through um, I mean, healthy for them, right? It's all it's their choice. But when you're listening to your body and um, you can objectively determine what goals are right for you and what changes that are sustainable for you, um, that's really a very healthy place to be. So, um, like, I would say that I eat, I eat better now because, number one, I have a, my, I have a very good relationship with food. Um, 
and I don't binge anymore. So I used to starve myself all week, and then I remember my friends, Dion and Chelsea, we would get together on Friday nights every couple weekends, and we'd like watch movies, and we'd have a big tray of nachos and ice cream and like whatever. I would bring everything to that party because that was my night. That was my quote-unquote cheat meal. But I would eat like a tray of nachos. And I remember Chelsea and Dion would just like look at me with their jaws on the floor like, oh my goodness, how can you eat all of that? Well, it's because I'm, I'm eating next to nothing all week. So anyway, so yeah, I mean, I just, but so, I mean, I, you know, that, it, that was, that was unhealthy. And then I would feel sick, you know, that night and all the next day. And, and so I think um, the guilt. there's this fear. Yeah. And the guilt, like the mental, you know, the mental energy you spend on that. And so I look back and think, you know, people have this fear of, um, I don't know why they just, they don't think they're going to be healthy if they let go of dieting. And I think that's confirmed for them when they do stop dieting and they start putting on some weight and they start binging or they start eating all these foods that they hadn't allowed themselves to eat for years. But that's just a step in the process. That's not the final result. And some people need to go through that. They need to go through letting their pendulum swing out a little bit before they can find center, which is balance and moderation. So, um, and that doesn't happen to everybody. I mean, in Balance 365, we have women that say, you know, as they're coming out of dieting, they're sometimes they're, they say they put on a little bit of weight and some say they don't, they don't put on any weight. But, um, for me, the case was that I put on weight when I stopped dieting and, um, and then things kind of stabilized as my relationship with food stabilized. And then, um, and then I ended up losing some weight and getting into a body that I felt very comfortable in. And I'm not anti-weight loss. Like even though, go, you know, even though I feel I'm a body positive person and even though I've, I, um, you know, suffered so horribly from the diet industry and from pursuing weight loss, today I'm not anti-weight loss. I know a lot of people are and would be that had had my experience. But I'm not. I think women can choose what they want for their bodies and we just need to show them um we need to show them that what's realistic for them I mean Janelle and I were both spent our whole 20s trying to be something that we could never be healthfully and um I I just that's what I want for women to understand what's possible for them and then give them the tools and resources um, to do that. So one thing that comes up in Balance 365, sometimes, not a lot, but um, newer members will, you know, maybe they're kind of going through that deprogramming and they'll put on a little bit of weight and then they'll kind of call, call the group out in a way. Maybe they're struggling, but they'll be like, wait a minute. Nobody is talking about their weight loss. You guys say this works. Where's everyone who's lost weight? And then you have all these like veterans that come out of the woodworks and they're like, oh no, we've lost weight, like, which was our intention. We're just not obsessed about it anymore. We're not obsessed with talking about it. It's not our priority. We're living life now. Yeah. And I mean, they say like, like, this is what women on, I think like pre-balance 365, when you say to women, your weight can be the least interesting thing about you. They're like, I don't understand I don't what do you mean but post balance 365 they're like I get it it is it's the least interesting thing about me and so we haven't you know our big free group healthy habits happy moms and our private Facebook group that 
um, for women who join our program. Um, they, it's just, we're not a, we're not a weight focus group. That's not the culture we've created in our company. So it's not a group full of, you know, people, you know, before and after photos. I lost this much today. I lost this much this week because that's just not the culture we've created. I mean, we talk about, we talk about being mentally well. We talk about being physically well. We help people develop habits to support their goals of being physically and mentally well. And that, that's kind of what the focus is. And I absolutely love it because I do think, I do think you are, I mean, as Janelle and I have talked through this whole podcast, you are a product of your environment. And if your environment is, you know, which it is for a lot of women because we, you know, we spend a lot of time on social media. <laughs> I think that I read somewhere there's a stat that women spend an average of six hours a day on social media, which I think is just, whoa, crazy. But anyways, um, if, you're in, if your social media environment is you follow all these fitness pros who are all about the weight, all about the abs, you know, that stuff's going to infiltrate you. And, um, and maybe your friends are like that. Maybe your parents are fat phobic. And, you know, then you start to realize, wow, I live in a diet culture. And so Healthy Habits, Happy Moms and Balance 365 are about um, not living in a diet culture and offering support and, and what I like to call a safe zone where that stuff just doesn't matter. Women of any and every size can come and work with us and talk about getting healthier and they get to decide what that means for them. Yesterday, Melissa, one of our coaches said in Balance 365, she said, your body is not our business. Annie, Lauren, Jen, and I, we do not have goals for your body. Like you get to decide. You get to decide if that's weight loss. You get to decide if that's not weight loss. We're just here to support you. So, and I just loved that. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) I've just, I've just been listening to you too. It's, it's great though. Um, and I think hearing both of you kind of comment on working through the same program and coming from different experiences with your bodies, but having such, um, amazing outcomes, it's just, it's really rad. It's really rad to see. And, um, I think going back to what Jen said about the messages women are sending about our bodies to each other and to our families, what's happening inside. It's not um, just about what you're saying, but it's also about what you're not saying too. And it's just, when I hear Jen talk about how much praise she got for her vegetable selection and then Janelle got no comments or, you know, radio silence, uh, right. Um, Or, you know, Jen got praise for her body and Janelle got no, you know, zero comments or I think that's just, it's really, it's a good reminder that it's not just what you're saying. It's also what you're not saying. And sometimes that silence can be really just as impactful as any words. So something to be aware of. Yeah, I think, I think that if my mom could have done anything differently, which I, you know, I'm not calling her out or anything. I think that she did an amazing job. Um, But what was maybe missing for us and what was maybe, um, and people just didn't know about this is basically um, like media literacy, like so I think my mom more, you know, she kind of, she would say things like, we don't diet. We're not talking about dieting. Where what I will do differently, because I know better, is I will talk about those things, and I will talk to my kids about the realities of it. And I know um, Janelle's kids, Janelle has two girls and a boy, and they're... Um, they're quite a bit older than my kids and Janelle does talk to her kids 
particularly her girls, about diet culture. She helps them. Um, like, it's amazing. Like, Janelle, Janelle and I spent a couple hours on the phone the other morning. <laughs> I know, it's cr- like, we, we, you know, this is very important to us. And we spent a couple hours talking about um, there was an issue with one of her daughters. I won't get into it, but it pertained to um, an outside source introducing diet culture ideals to her um, daughter, her oldest daughter, and um, Janelle did not let that go. She um, pursued it with the adult, and she pursued it with her daughter, um, and helped her daughter work through um, the issue and showed her why that issue wasn't true. And Janelle's also she hasn't said, but Janelle's in nursing school, so Janelle's taking you know just baseline. Um, obviously health classes, science classes, and nutrition. And, um, you know, she got out her nutrition textbook for her daughter to show her what you are being told is not accurate. Yeah. This is why it's wrong. Like, I'll sh- it's a, I, I'm reading you a nutrition textbook. This is why what that person said to you is incorrect scientifically. The end. So she's, so she's, not, just, she's not just trying to keep you know, diet culture out of their life or ignoring it, or she's going, she's addressing it head on. You know, she knows what what her daughters are headed into her and her, and her oldest daughter um, in particular, uh, my niece is Janelle can already see that her daughter has her body type. So she knows what her daughter's in for. She knows what, and she is, she's 11 now and she does not have a sniff of any like, I don't know like what I'm trying to explain. She's not me at 10. She does not have the issues. There's, she does not have a sniff that something is wrong with her because nothing is. And that's because Janelle, I feel that Janelle has, has taken her experience and, um, she didn't let herself get lost in it. She didn't project it onto her children where a lot of people who had Janelle's experience, their pendulum might swing and, they wouldn't have enough mindfulness around the issue to say, I'm not going to do that to my daughter. They would instead be, I'm going to make sure my daughter's not fat so she doesn't have the issues that I had. Janelle saying, no, she's going to address body image with her children. She's going to address diet culture with her children. And she's going to be proactive about this um, so that her girls are empowered with knowledge. Sorry, I have to jump in and say... um probably like three, four years ago, kind of at the beginning of my Balance 365 journey, I did think that if I just, um, if I prevented Allie from being overweight, problem solved. Um, And then whether it was through Balance 365 or just my own kind of wandering thoughts, it just occurred to me one day that if Allie wakes up one day in her adulthood at 250 pounds or, you know, whatever, if she is overweight, I don't want that to stop her from going to the beach. I don't want that to stop her from wearing cute clothes. And that's how I made the shift. Like, I don't want my daughter to miss out on life regardless of what she looks like. And that was um, huge when, you know, making the shift from, oh, I'll just keep her from being fat to, well, who cares if she's fat? That doesn't mean she's unlovable or unworthy of having life experiences. And that was really big for, you know, the way I parent them now. I think, and we've got a, we've got a podcast guest lined up, which will be coming on soon. She's, she talks about body image with children and 
And yeah, that's exactly it. Like you hit the nail on the head is that a lot of women, um, their problem with their kids is accepting their children's bodies for what they are. And um, that's just a whole new level of body acceptance that we have to get to. It's get kind to. of common, not like it's common. I wouldn't think about it any other way now. But um, yeah, when I thought of it, I was like mind blown. <laughs> Janelle, that is an amazing perspective that you have passed on to her. And I think that's just really rad. I'm sending you a virtual high five and thumbs up. I love the perspective that we say in Balance 365 is that physical wellness follows mental wellness. And so for me, um, the making sure my kids are um, emotionally and mentally well and have a good relationship with food is my number one priority. And I have full faith that if that's what we focus on in our house, everything else will fall into place for them as far as physical wellness. Yeah, that's the goal. That's a great goal. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you both so much for sharing so much. I know it got a little emotional, um, but I appreciate it. I appreciate the authenticity that you brought to the show today. And I think it's going to be really helpful to listeners that maybe have um, some history with their siblings or a, a relative or maybe even a, a, you know, a friend that they're feeling some type of way um, towards. So I, I really hats off to both of you for being so authentic and open and sharing your experiences. I I really appreciate it. No problem. All right. Well, that wraps up another episode of Healthy Habits, Happy Moms Radio, and we will be back next week. Bye-bye everyone. If you like what you heard today, I invite you to check out our free 30-minute workshop where Jennifer, Lauren, and I discuss how to reach your goals without dieting and extremes and how to have fun while you get there, which you can find at balance365.co. As well as join us and nearly 30,000 other women across the globe in our free Facebook community, Healthy Habits, Happy Moms. And if you really like what you hear today, be sure to give us a review on iTunes so we can keep bringing you amazing podcast episodes. Thank you, everyone.